Hi there and welcome to this week's Frankly Golf podcast. I'm Valerie Melvin here with Frank Thomas and this is podcast number 22 and this week we're going to be talking about simple rules for buying a putter. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. yeah. So Frank, um, you've spent many years looking at clubs. I think I've seen thousands of putters, literally thousands of prototype putters while I was with the USGA and having to rule on the on the putters as they came in to determine whether or not they conformed to the rules. And and uh, I decided I knew something about what I wanted to do as far as the designing a putter was concerned. Yeah, once you left the USGA and um, we started Frankly Golf and you designed the Frankly Frog putter, which obviously we'll mention during this podcast, but what we really want to do is help educate you out there in terms of what you should be looking for um, when you're buying a new putter. Obviously, the Frankly Frog putter, we believe, is an excellent choice. No, but this is not a commercial for a frog. <laughs> no, it's not. It's really to help you um, go through the process and understand what it is, why you're buying a new putter, what it is you're looking for, so that you can be better informed. If so, you want to buy a putter. That's right, because that's rule number one. Do you really need a new putter? Well, you know, it's um, it's amazing how uh, because we are putting badly some days uh, and putting well the other days, but the bad days are the ones where we start blaming the putter. We don't blame ourselves. And um, as a result, we sort of say, no, it's the putter. I've got to go and get a new putter. When actually they really know, I don't know how to use it. But but um, when, when you get a putter that misbehaves itself like that, I suggest that you put it in a closet. <laughs> a, a, a dark closet make sure stay no no light in it dark closet for about two or three weeks and then it'll when you take it out it'll behave itself because it doesn't like that no no i think that same you know but it's, it's an important thing to think about because all too often we just say oh the putter's not working you know let me go and buy a new one and sometimes that's not necessarily the answer no so it's, it's important to understand what makes you putt well why you putt well, and we've, we've covered that before in previous podcasts that I'm sure you'll enjoy if you look back um, in our archives. Now, in terms of if you make the decision that, yes, it's definitely the putter, I need to move forward, I need to get um, a new putter, rule number two, make sure your putter is the correct length. Right. I think a fitting a putter is very important um, because if you don't have it fitted correctly, you're not going to putt well. And if you understand some of the fundamentals of the putting stroke, you'll recognize that um, a lot of them depend entirely on your posture and how you're gripping the putter and everything else. So if it's not fitted correctly, it's not going to work for you. Uh-huh. And it's something if you were interested in a Frankly Frog putter, um, if you go to the Frankly Frog putter page on our website, um, we are actually doing some uh, consultations uh, to make sure that you order the correct fit, make sure you're you're fitted properly for the putter. Basically, and the to, consultation is to help you, help you make a decision. Yeah, to find your frog. To find well, yeah, correct. <laughs> and make a decision as to as to um, how to how to, a putter should be fitted to you. That's right. And which one which one you want? Yeah, exactly. Um, rule number three: choose a head shape for forgiveness. Now, how important is forgiveness? Well. If you go back into the history of, of putters, you'll find out that they were originally made of wood. Uh, and then you know, also then after a while they were made of, of metal steel, forged and uh, 
with a hickory shaft in them. And uh, it was amazing. I, uh, the, uh, seeing the Bobby Jones putter that was in the museum at the USGA, it had a loft of eight degrees because the green speeds were so slow, about probably about four foot on the stump meter, that he needed that sort of loft on the putter. So, uh, uh, but it was made of, of, of steel. And um, was that very forgiving, Frank, or was it like not, more no, of a pure blade? No, it was very much of a blade, and that's how the putters evolved. They were they were made from there, and then they were made out of brass, and uh, but all still blades that they had, and only um, you know in the late in the early sixties, late sixties, uh, was the was the concept of the ping putter came in, and uh, tried to toe heel weight there to make it more forgiving. Uh -huh. Because the, when we say more forgiving, we mean moment of inertia or the resistance to angular acceleration, which means if you miss the sweet spot, the putter is not going to twist very quickly if it's got a high moment of inertia. And to do that, you need to take the weights out to the toe and the heel. Uh -huh. And obviously the more mallet um, style <clears throat> shape is something that's come in more recently, probably in the last... 15, 20 years, uh, a mallet style putter versus the blade? Well, actually, the, the, the mallet style, you know, they had big, like they called it a potato masher, which oh, really? is a big, big uh, butter. Uh, and and uh, that was that had a high moment of inertia just because it was so big. And they found out it actually did work very well. But as far as uh, uh, moment of inertia concerned, or taking, you know, science involved in, in the design of a putter, then um, that only really started in, in probably in the 70s. Right, right, right. So, I mean, do, what do you think? Do people need to look for more of a mallet, more of a blade, or is it just a sort of personal preference, do you think? No, I, I think depending on, 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 um, on how, how skilled you are, if you, can, if you can hit the sweet spot every time, and some people are still using the bullseye putter, which is a, definitely a blade made, made of brass, and and if you can hit the sweet spot on that, it'll be you very well. But you have to be a very good putter. And, and and if you've made friends with your bullseye, you know that's fine. Uh, Corey Pavin has used it, used to use it a lot, and he did very well with it. Uh, but but you have to be very skilled. But uh, for the average golfer, I'd say definitely look for something more forgiving. <laughs> the, the ping the ping style putter, or the answer putter, which everybody's copied. Is very forgiving if you miss it on the toe and the heel, but uh, but but it's not very forgiving up and down the face. And to do that, you need to move the weight back away from the face to increase the moment of inertia about the toe heel axis. That means it's not going to twist, you know, forward and back very well if you miss it badly. So that's uh, that's what you need, and that's the concept of the of the mallet putter is moving the weight back moving the center of gravity back, and you can get a high moment of inertia about two different axes, therefore making it more forgiving up and down the face as well as across the face. Now that's good, Frank. And how important is putter loft? I mean, we just discussed Bobby Jones, uh, Calamity Jane, um, but you know, how important and what should people look for in terms of putter loft, rule number four? Well, uh, a ball will find a little, a little indentation on the green and settle in that. Inevitably, that's what's going to happen, and and uh, what you want to do is make sure that unfortunately the indentations vary in size. But what you want to do is make sure you you launch it out of the indentation, 
And uh, to do that, you need a loft of about four, maybe three degrees is, is about what you need. And that'll be able to launch the ball out of that little depression consistently. And if you don't do that, if you sort of forward press too much or you deal off the putter, it's inclined to hit the hit the indentation of the and and then bounce out. So, so it wouldn't roll. It wouldn't... Well, it's inconsistent in the launch. Uh huh. Uh huh. And how about rule number five? Select the right lie angle. How important is lie angle when it comes to selecting a putter? Well, the lie angle. Uh, if you, if the putter's fitted correctly, it's amazing. Doesn't matter how tall or short you are. If it's fitted correctly you'll find out that the lie angle is very consistent, about 72 degrees, plus or minus a degree. But you don't really have to worry about that too much because if your putt is fitted correctly, then it won't be toe up or toe down uh, when, you, when you're dressing it. And uh, 72 degrees is, is about the right angle for you. And rule number six, pay attention to the putter. So I think this is a, actually a very interesting one because it's a, something that people don't really pay attention to too much. So the radius on the sole, you need a radius on the sole. And as we discussed the uh, lie angle, uh, if you go slightly different than I am in your posture and, and by about a degree, then the radius on the sole will take that into account. That's the first thing. Secondly, when you're on a green, and the ball is in, on a side hill lie, or there's side undulations, uh, and it's not a perfectly flat lie, then you don't want the toe of the heel to catch or the heel either on the backstroke or the forward stroke. So you, you do need that radius, and a radius on the sole will prevent that from happening. Very good. And rule number seven, I like this one. Consider the alignment lines on your putter. I think alignment lines are extremely important in terms of obviously aligning, but uh, it is a personal thing too. Yeah, I think if you go back to the bullseye putter, very much of a blade, didn't have much room for alignment lines, and certainly they just stamped it in a little circle, which is the right opposite the sweet spot. That was the bullseye, right? The bullseye. <laughs> That's exactly right. And... and um, uh, that 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 was how you did it, but but really, and it's amazing how good we are at judging whether a picture on the wall is crooked or not. Uh, we we have a, a unique ability to be able to do that, and basically, it may, you make reference to the you know the side of the doors or the windows, or the other parts of of the wall. Uh, if they're all sloped of one direction, it's very difficult to do. Sure. But, but normally the wall, you know, the windows are vertical. So, yeah, and your eye is very good at judging that. Your eye is very good at judging right angles. Uh -huh. So it's uh, good to have a, a line which is pointing directly at the uh, hole, or at your target, should I say, and, and also a line on the toe to the heel, which is at right angles to the target. Uh -huh. Now, if you have both of them together, that is ideal. That is the best. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And certainly uh, one of the nice features that we do offer in the Frankly Frog is we have a, an option with alignment guidance system with the line up the shaft that comes in our centre shafted models. So, you know, have a have a look at that because uh, that's a nice feature. Yeah, that, that, what that has done is extended the line, the, the line of the toe heel line, extended it all the way up the shaft, not all the way up the shaft, about 10 inches up the shaft. So it extends itself fairly significantly, and that does help. And it's also good with setup. That's the other um, sort of side benefit of it, I suppose. You know, you make sure your hands aren't too far forward or too far back. But uh, moving on to rule number eight, find the right weight putter. 
Ooh. Now there have been light putters, there's been heavy putters, there's been everything in between, Frank. I mean, <laughs> what, what should we really be looking for? There's been putters with weight down the shaft. I mean, the, the weight isn't even in the head itself. So, right. I mean, it is a bit confusing as to what we really need to look for. I, I can remember going through, because I've catalogued while I was with the USGA, all the putters that were submitted prior to 19, from 1948 oh, wow. till, till when I left in 2000. So that's uh, like were, 52 years. Yeah, so, so you, and you can see the cyclical thing. Uh, people come in and they say, okay, we want uh, the weight in the heel, weight in the toe, weight in the shaft, inside the shaft, the grip weight, and it goes around and it seems to cycle, comes back every now and again, and this, but then we always migrate back to no weights in the shaft, this regular shaft, regular grip, and and just a very good head. But the balance of the of the head, the weight of the head, it has sort of also evolved. Uh, the the weight that seems to have we we've moved to because of the correct feel and the correct weight is about three hundred and fifty grams, and that's the weight uh, you can have plus or minus. Uh, 20 grams from that, depending on if you feel you can, you, you want it, but really that's it. Uh, as far as the overall weight and the putting weight in the grip is concerned and weighting down the shaft, etc., actually what that does is just make it like a sledgehammer. I mean, if you were to use a sledgehammer, you can't swing it too quickly, so it slows you down a little bit, but really, it, uh, you know, you lose, you lose all feel. And I am... How about grip size, Frank? Because that's rule number nine, grip size. I mean, there's been, you know, similar to the weight. I mean, we, we've had, you know, the oversized grips that have been very successful recently. People like the, the oversized grips. We've got, you know, thinner grips, um, you know, some layers of tape under a grip. I mean, I suppose it's very personal. It depends on your hand size. But, you know, are there any advantages one way or the other? Yeah, you, you, uh, you know, you don't want to grip the club, certainly the putter, you know, with too much uh, grip pressure. And so uh, what, what the bigger grip does for you is allow you to grip it with less pressure. You feel you've got a, a, you're more control over, over the putter grip. However, that, that has sort of, uh, only, and only because it was used very, fairly successfully by some very good golfers, but that seems to be uh, fading away. The big, bigger grips seem to be you know, people moving back to a grip that fits your hand more, uh, you know, more effectively, and and uh, a, a feel in your hand rather than a tennis racket grip and uh, gripping the putter. Mm -hmm. So it's it's a it's a it's a style which does have some benefits, but uh, I would I would uh, uh, not necessarily recommend it. Mm -hmm. And now this is this is a very important one and something I'm sure that everyone's aware of. Um, rule number ten consider the cost of your new putter. Does a more expensive putter mean a better putter, Frank? <laughs> no, uh, you know, unfortunately, uh, the, 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 uh, there's no correlation between cost and performance. Uh, generally, I mean, you get you some putters that'll cost you $3,000 because they've got either gold in it or because they've been designed and 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 files with a, with a nail file to get to where it is. Uh, no, uh, no. Uh, uh, the average prayer price for a good putter is about two hundred and fifty to three hundred dollars. That would be a, a, an average good putter you can get, and you can't 
do anything much more to the putter to make it more expensive. So it's merely a marketing to, uh, play, uh, technique to try and sell your putter to, to make it too expensive. But um, uh, you, some, some of the best putters in the world have, you know, uh, have, have worked very well for some people. Gary Player picked his, his putter out of, a, out of a bucket. I think it must have cost him two or three dollars. Which was probably quite a lot of money back then. Well, <laughs> right, but, but at the same time, at the same time, he he uh, he was very successful with it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but but the shape was good, and uh, and and uh, it doesn't really like just come down to then the design, come down to the weight and the design, the look. You know, I mean, I suppose that's really what it's all about. Is rather than the actual cost. So set the cost no. aside because. More expensive doesn't necessarily mean better. Well, in in the past, uh, in the past, because it was an art form, we really didn't understand too much about it. But uh, since the early seventies uh, or late sixties, it's become a science, uh, and uh, we really do start understanding the scientific principles involved in what makes a good putter. And we have to have a high moment of inertia, and not too high because you get diminishing returns, but you get a, a high moment of inertia. And about two axes, and then you've got to get the right overall weight, which is what you got, uh, which is the 350, and and the right lie angle, etc. And how about rule number 11? We're getting to the end here. It's going to be so sad when it's over. <laughs> <laughs> um, rule number 11 is putter balance. Well, yeah. How important is the balance well, of the putter? Yeah, people think that that because you know all your clubs are a D2 swing weight, your putter should be the same. That's nonsense because you don't swing a player the same way as you swing any other club unless you're trying to throw it in the lake or something. <laughs> but don't do that to your putter. Yeah, that's not nice. No, no. <laughs> certainly, I mean, but don't throw a frog in the lake. Well, the frog might enjoy it, but I'm sure it'll just swim back to shore, right? Right, it'll still swim back. <laughs> no. so, so really what you want to do is you, you want to make sure that, that um, the weight balance is, 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 is more the moment of inertia of the system. Now, when we talk about the system, we talk about the putter, your arms, and your shoulders are all one unit when you're putting, a single unit, and, and that is what is making the motion. It's like a pendulum, and if you, and you put any weight anywhere up and down that, it'll affect the moment of inertia of that particular system. Right. And the moment of inertia is what we really should be talking about. And if you put a, a properly weighted putter on a swing weight scale, you'll probably find it's about... 10, 15 points higher than and the rest of your clubs and you get all panicky about it. So don't, but don't worry about it. It's field to get the right weight, a regular standard steel or graphite shaft in it and, and then um, make sure you've got the standard grip on it and from there on out, don't worry about the uh, try, trying to balance it or match it to the rest of your club. Uh-huh. And speaking about balance, I mean, there's a, a lot of people talk about, and this is rule number 12, um, when we talk about the design and the stroke path. So we talk about face balanced putters versus toe down putters and the idea of, well, if you've got a toe down putter, you're putting in more of an arc versus a face balanced putter. It's a straight back, straight through um, putting stroke. Now, you wrote a fantastic article um, in the March 2015 issue of Golf Digest, which we'll, we'll include a link to, um, where you really um, outline the difference between, you know, the, the arc versus the plane. And you make sense of all that. Um, 
But, you know, in terms of the actual, the, the putter itself, I mean, is, is there any basis for that or...? Well, I, I think um, uh, the, the swing plane, uh, the pilot swing plane, is completely misunderstood. They, people really don't understand what it is all about. Uh, they think that they're, they're putting in an arc, uh, and only because their eyes are through the swing plane. The swing plane is a plane that goes through the middle of your back or your, between your shoulder blades and the head of, of the putter. Your hands are below that swing plane, but, the, but, but they all swing your hands and the, and the putter and the, uh, swing in that particular plane. And the putter is always square to that plane. It doesn't open or close, but, but when you're looking down at it, your head is actually through the plane because the plane goes through your, between your shoulder blade and it appears to be an ellipse, part of an ellipse. Therefore, it appears to be an arc. But if you actually, from an observer's point of view, if you looked at this from the behind, but within the plane, you'd see the putter would be moving straight along that plane and, and, and it would be moving along the line directly to the target. But the putter is always square to the plane. Therefore, you don't need a toe down or, or toe up uh, putter. But if you want to get somewhere, a face balance putter would probably be the, the better putter to use simply because you don't have any slight forces that are trying to go make it open or close as you're coming through on the forward stroke. Uh -huh. And how do you tell if your putter's face balanced or toe down, Frank? What you do is you take your putter and try and balance it on a chair between the arms of the chair, and you'll see where the face is uh, uh, pointing. If the face is pointing vertically out uh, at the sky, at the roof, uh, ceiling of your of your room, if you've got it in a room, uh, then, then that's a that's a face balanced putter. Mm -hmm. But you'll see that the, as the toe starts coming down, down a little bit more, then that's a slight toe down. So now, that's how you tell the difference. Between, that's how that's how you tell. So the you difference. know what you've and, got. And, but it really, it's. Uh, it's there's it's not if it's not a big force that's involved uh, that that's going to change it effectively, but you want to get rid of as many errors as possible. So a face balance putter would be one as a one you should choose. There we go. Well, that was really great. That was so much fun. Well, you know, I I, I tell people when when they really get a good putter, uh, as an example, if they, if they get got a frog, they've now got a Ferrari. But they mustn't drive it like a tractor. <laughs> they learn how to that. use the putter uh -huh. because it's, 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 the putter is not necessarily the putter's fault. It's how you use the putter. Uh huh. I uh know. -huh. There's so much to that, and um, I like the idea of a frogari. Actually, <laughs> I'm thinking mm, I'm going to go and drive my frogari just now uh, on the green. Um, but no, that that was great. And so we'll put a link to the Golf Digest article below this podcast and we will also include a link to the frankly frog putter page um, and you'll be able to book a free phone consultation with us um, to you know find your frog and get some advice in terms of you know what what frankly frog you should select and what one's right for you um, so i think that's all for this week do you have anything to add frank no there we go so until next week may the frogari be with you <laughs> <laughs>